Try to make them all think I'm strong. Yeah, the face I keep pulling on says I ain't tired. But these tears stained eyes ain't lying. Cause hard, nobody told me life could be so hard. A weary soul with a worn out heart that's barely beating. But every time I get that feeling, I hit my knees with my hands held high, saying, Dear Lord Jesus, you do this on my own I can't do this on my own Who knows I've tried but I'm good at falling down Thank God you're good at picking me up off the ground The world's gonna try to break me But I know the one who makes me strong Strong Like my daddy always told me so there's a place you can always go you got nothing and then he handed me the one thing that's strong doesn't matter how old it gets there's power in the woods and red in this old bible and when i'm desperate for Hospital home was a four-minute drive. The baby on board made it 35. They didn't sleep a wink that night. Just laid by that crib singing nursery rhymes. And these are the days that we'll 
Morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song? Come every beating heart that longs to find its worth. Come every aching soul in need of something more. Come with your questions. Come with your doubts. Bring them to the Lord. Come on, you cast whispers out of every crowd. Come on, you outsiders that wanted until now. You are a people. You have a place waiting with the Lord. Trouble.
Good morning, church. Scripture this morning is from the book of Psalms, chapter 3. Oh, Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying, God will never rescue him. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up safely, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face, shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. This is the word of the Lord. If you remain standing while we confess together our faith, in the words of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Let us go to God in prayer, so please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for your word. For it comforts us. It gives us peace in times of, of trouble and anguish. And Lord, we just look to you for that. Lord, this morning as we come together here in worship, we ask that you bless our time together as well as the message we're going to receive later and uh, the music we're about to sing. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Oh, oh, oh. 
Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. Come on up here. Find a seat on the floor. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, you got a snack on your way in this morning. Yep, you got yours? All right. Well, if you didn't get one, ask your parents on the way out if you can grab one, okay? Do you like these snacks? Kind of, no. Do you like the cheese? Yes, no. Do you like the crackers? Yeah, no. Some people like the cheese. Some people like the crackers. You know what? 
I've tried them. What? You do? Okay, good. But you know what? They're so much better together. You know what? The crackers are okay. They're kind of dry and not much flavor to them. And the cheese by itself is not very good. But you know what? You put them both together, and they're really pretty good. So you enjoy eating these later, all right? Yeah, they're pretty good. But you know what? What other foods go good together? Fries and ketchup, that's a good one. Ooh, apples and peanut butter or caramel, yeah. Yeah, how about peanut butter and jelly? Donuts and coffee? You probably don't drink coffee yet, do you? Maybe cookies and milk? Yeah, those, what? Oreos and milk? Yeah, those go really good together. You know what? God knows that things go better together too, that two are better than one because you know what, when God created Adam, he said it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. So he created Eve, and then he said it's very good. And you know what, like today we're going to see in The Chosen, Jesus sent out his disciples to be his witnesses two by two. He sent them out in pairs, not all by themselves, because two is better than one, right? And so we get to go out with other people too to serve Jesus. You want to open that? You have to wait, all right? Talk to your parents and let them tell you when it's time to open them. But you know what? And we get to go out with other people because we're stronger together. It's more fun together. And we do a better job at serving Jesus when we're with other people. You know that? So we can go out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If one person gets hurt, the other person can help them. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? So we can, we can grab a friend, and we can go out to show and tell people how good Jesus is. That's two other things that go really good together, showing and telling, right? They work really good together. Yeah, like show and tell. So we can grab a friend, go out, and show and tell people the good news of Jesus. So you know what? They can taste and see that the Lord is good, just like these crackers. We can taste and see that they're good. There's two more things that go really good together, isn't it? Taste and see. Yeah. Are you going to say something? You forgot? All right. Well, let's pray. All right. You fold your hands and repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us together and sending us out to show and tell people about you. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Amen. And again, good morning to all of you as we gather in God's house. I have uh, Dave Frampton up here, president of the congregation. An opportunity, right? Opportunity. Wow, those lights, they really get you right in the face, don't they? Yeah. Opportunity. Uh, I spoke to the congregation a couple of weeks ago about uh, stewardship and, and discipleship. And uh, we have an opportunity currently for someone to serve in a capacity to help the church. Our current treasurer, Nicole. Um, has family and life obligations that require her full capabilities and duties at home, and she has decided she needs to take care of those with her full capacity. And so we are currently seeking someone who can help our leadership team in the, in the role of treasurer. Um, I guess I would say at this point, most of the day-to-day -day duties are handled by the staff internally, and this is more of an oversight type position, uh, would include uh, reporting to the congregation at meetings on, on the status of the church. So I'm just asking you as a congregation today, if you're someone who serves in a role like that professionally or on your own, um, 
and God leans in on you to possibly use those capacities to help the church, uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, if you've got any requests or, or questions that you'd like to hear more about, um, you can reach out to myself or Pastor Jim after church, and we can visit about what that looks like. So yeah, I'd ask you to pray on that. Uh, Pastor Jim, I am going to take, I beg your pardon, about three more minutes. Okay. If you are not aware, uh, much like I was not aware about six days ago, October 8th is Pastor and Clergy Appreciation Day. So, uh, Greg, if you could come join us up here on stage. And I saw Randy here, but he snuck out on us. So, uh, unless he can sneak up to the front real quick. Um, this week we passed the hat a little bit and, and put together a gift for Greg and Randy and Pastor Jim. Uh, worked it out to get you guys each some gift certificates to uh, Duster Steakhouse and restaurant. Hopefully you can take your spouses or family or friends out for a nice dinner. And it's a gift to us from the congregation. Uh, lastly, congregation, after communion, uh, when you come up for communion, we'll have some volunteers handing out uh, just some blank uh, thank you cards. If you'd uh, weigh on in on for a minute or two uh, during a song or after service, maybe write a note of appreciation or encouragement for not only Pastor Jim or Greg or Randy, but as well as our worship team and our band. If something's on your heart and you want to tell them thanks or give them some encouragement, uh, please do so. Just take a few minutes and those little notes go a long ways. So thank you very much. Appreciate the time. Great. Thank you. Sneaky. <laughs> all right, let's get at it. Um, we're all in this together, aren't we? All right, that's what ministry is all about. That's what mission is about. That's what Greg talked about, you know, Jesus sending them out two by two. Uh, we are to be sent out as well. I uh, want to uh, go through a couple things, and then I'm going to get to the guest part at the end. I'm going to flip things around. So, example, deeper dive, if I can have that up there. All right, as we go through the chosen, as we go through each and every week here in Sunday worship, you have three opportunities, more than that if you want to do it on your own, is to do a little bit of a deeper dive and go into the story more and have more conversation, look at some more scripture as we look at the stories that are told in the chosen each week. So after this service at about 10:10, right in here, uh, you could be a part of that. Uh, great conversation. Uh, then on Tuesday, 6.30 at the Big Ten, or Wednesday, 6.30, right here in the Worship Center. Uh, two more opportunities, so prayerfully consider that. Because again, your spiritual well-being, your growth, will make you a more effective and powerful disciple. So, please consider that if you would. That would be wonderful um, if you would. Also, regarding next steps, just real quick. Uh, I mentioned this last week, and I'm going to press you this week as well. Uh, next Sunday at about 12.15-ish, uh, we'll, we're going to have a Next Steps class. It's about an hour and a half, maybe even a little bit less. And Greg is going to be walking through uh, all of us, for all of us, uh, what, what could be our next steps in mission and ministry? Because God is calling, just like he called the disciples, he wants to call you. And we're just asking right now that you just say, Lord, I want to know what my next step is. And, and hopefully you can come next week. That, that's great. If not, I'm sure Greg would talk to you, Randy, myself, any of us. 
would help you with those next steps so that you can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus in beautiful ways. Now with those announcements there, let me just walk you through. If you're a guest here, we are so glad you're with us in worship. We invite you to come back. But before you leave, if you would, stop by Next Steps, uh, which is in the family gathering area. You could type 1C guest to 94,000. Just let yourself be known, and we can start a conversation and maybe, maybe answer any questions you might have. Also, we are going to be uh, having communion, and what a gift it is for the church. And a little bit later, you're going to see up on the screen what we believe as a church. And we would love for you to join us and celebrate in that meal as well. We also allow a prayer requests to come in during this service. And you will see that 402-242-5051 is uh, one of the ways in which you can let your prayers be known. And then we'll include those in the service. And then the last announcement is the joy baskets will be passed during the next song. And it's just one of the many ways in which we could say thank you, Jesus, for all your blessings. And he takes great delight when we say thank you. May God bless our time together as we worship him. Killers, I am reckless. I'm a wrong way traveling, slowly unraveling, chill of a man. I'm so gone now that the fire's just
Continue now in worship, we, we're going to celebrate this beautiful gift of the Lord's Supper. And we are instructed to, before we take communion, to examine ourselves. And one of the ways in which we do that is by uh, confessing our sins and then being reminded of the forgiveness in Christ. So let's uh, share together in the prayer that we find on the screen. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And it is my privilege to announce to all of you that because of Jesus, through his suffering, death, and resurrection, your sins are forgiven. That's the best news ever. It gives us a peace and a joy that this world cannot give. So with that in mind, our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, 
given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. We continue now with the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Just 
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you that you are always with us and that you are bigger than anything that we face in this life. We lay our burdens before you, every single one, for we know that they're much safer in your hands than our own. Thank you for blessing us with pastors Jim and Randy and for Greg. I pray that they feel loved and respected for all that they do. Prayers for a successful knee surgery for my sister Deb on Tuesday. Prayers for forgiveness in broken friendships and families. Lord, lift our eyes to seek you first today and always, surrendering our need to achieve, surrendering our worries, surrendering our control. Shift our perspective to seek your peace above all else. Give us renewed strength and courage to obey you without questioning. Help us to love as you do and to act in such a way that others will want to know you, Lord, and will be drawn to your salvation and love. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It almost brings me back to the time when I was a, a, we'll just say it was recess time, and there'd be two captains, and everyone would be standing out there, and then um, they're starting to pick sides. And when you get chosen, I feel like that music as you're walking forward to be part of that team. You remember that feeling? to be wanted, to be chosen, to be loved, to be valued. I mean, all the things, all the importance we put in on that recess time and being part of a team. Uh, I, you know, I don't know exactly what was the behind the, the thinking of the title for the chosen, but you can almost let your mind go to different places. So example, I'd like to uh, share with you First Peter chapter 1. Let's see if I can get it there. There we go. Um, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. 
It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And then underlined, emboldened, italicized, it says, God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. God chose him. The chief doctrine of the Christian church, the chief teaching of the Christian church is that we are justified, we are made right because of Jesus and Jesus alone. So for you to stand in the presence of God and for God to look at you favorably, it is because of what Jesus did. And as the, you know, Peter says, God chose him. Before the world even began, I mean, so we don't even know what that means, but it was way, 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 way long ago, God was saying, okay, I'm going to send my son. Jesus is going to do everything necessary, and it's not going to have to do with gold or silver, but with his precious blood for you and me. So Jesus is the chosen one. Not just a chosen one. I mean, the world would like you to believe that, that there's many different ways to God, but no, specifically, the Bible talks about Jesus being the chosen one. In fact, Jesus said it himself, right? I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can go to the Father except through who? Me. So he is the chosen one. So that theme is like loud and clear. And I think as you go through all the different seasons as you, uh, of the chosen, but as you look into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that is the message of all of Scripture. Jesus is the chosen one. Now, secondly, if I can have the next slide up there, we'll just do it this way. Uh, Peter starts out with this. This is the next chapter. He says, but you are not like that. Now, what does that mean? Obviously, there's something beforehand. Um, Peter says, they stumble because they disobey the word. So there's a group of people that are stumbling all over the place. They're lost, and lost not just in the moment, but lost for eternity when they disobey the word of God. But Peter says, you're not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Uh, took a little quick look into the original language of Greek, and when we get to that idea, you are a chosen people, I mean, what's the heartbeat of it? Um, this is a little bit different. Maybe you can grab hold of this. Especially as deeply personal choice. It's not as if God was up in the heavens and saying, okay, what's left over? Then I'll pick and choose from that. No, 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 no. It was, we were, we were the number one draft pick. Picture that. He looked at you and not because we are the most talented or smart or good looking. We didn't bring a lot to the table. But there is something about God's very nature that says, I want you. And that all, all to do with God and nothing to do with us. Can you picture that? He chose you. To be royal priests, holy nation, 
God's very own possession. I hope you feel that. I hope you sense that. I mean, I'm going to tell you there are some days when I don't feel it. I don't think about it. I got other things on my mind. I got worries or problems or difficulties. And I don't think about myself as a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. I don't think like that. So we got to do something. And I I want you to hold on because at the very end, I think there's an answer. It's really, really cool. And you're going to see it. And it's from the clip from The Chosen. But um, I want to take you into um, actually episode one. Didn't show this, but if you remember episode of The Chosen, and I'm going to say it's really the storyline of all of Scripture, which is reconciliation, being made right, and the importance of it. And we saw that time and time again through episode one. And we didn't, we didn't, didn't really get to the, uh, this one little clip. And I just wanted to go backwards for a second before we go forwards. So let's show, show this very short clip. Alpheus. Son. I mean, Hollywood helps. I'm going to tell you. The music building. I mean, I don't know the musical terms, but it's crescendoing up, and it's just building, and you're feeling like something's going on. And it was when... When Matthew's dad said the word, son, doesn't that bring you to Luke chapter 15? Doesn't it bring you to the time and the place where Jesus is telling the story of all the lost stuff? And then he gets to the story of the prodigal son. And when the father welcomes that back in, and he just says, come on in. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, I, I don't think we can go any, I mean, I don't think we could start from any other place than that moment that is painted in scripture that while we don't deserve it while we are very much like matthew you know find the story in just a little bit matthew kind of strayed off the path started doing different things um but there is a way back and it's through jesus and we're going to get there all right um i wonder if this is what was going through the mind of the dad so uh let's go to matthew 5 if i can have that up there Therefore, remember this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. This is when Jesus is speaking. I think it's starting to land on the hearts of all different kinds of people. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Yeah. I mean, God's word can change a perspective, right? God's word can change a direction in one's life. 
God's word can reconcile people when we look to it and when we depend on it and when we lean on it. God's word is that powerful. So what I'd like to do now is uh, show you real quickly the two clips that are part of this uh, episode two. Again, very moving moments. This is between Matthew and his dad and, very, and, and his mom is there as well and just really kind of neat stuff. So let's look at the first one. I hurt you and I hurt our community. And, and my rabbi also said that before we lay a sacrifice at the altar, if we know a brother has an offense against us, we should leave the sacrifice there and go be reconciled. Uh, of course, only priests lay gifts at the altar, and, and, and you are not my brother. But uh, this example is in many ways a metaphor, which I'm learning. And yes, I, Matthew, we get it. Move on. I never understood why I was so different from everyone else. I just wanted a comfortable life. You wanted to be better than everybody. Okay, yes. No. You're right. And I loved affluence because of it. I was comfortable behind bars in a boot and the armed escort behind a gold door. All the while you were scorned at synagogue. You lost your reputation and friends. I shamed our family. I turned my back on our people, and I believe the choices I made were better for me and more important than my family and faith. That was selfish. Matthew is coming to learn something pretty important about himself. And before we just stay on this, I mean, again, this is the chosen's interpretation of what was going on. But let me just tell you, this could be your story and my story. We could get comfortable with all sorts of things. Like one of them could be, I am comfortable with this broken and fractured relationship with somebody, and I'm going to stay behind some kind of bars in some kind of door, and I'm just going to be there, and I'm not going to venture out. And Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, the actual scriptures themselves, says that is not the way. Oh, no. And I'll just say that the disciples, and you're going to get the scripture in just a little bit, when they're going to go out, they need to, quote, take care of business. And it sounds physical, but I think it's spiritual in what Jesus is getting at. Now, let's see what happens. When, when you go, you know, Matthew goes. He's moved by the, by the word of God, we're, we're, we're sensing. Now, what happens with dad? But I had no right to reject you as my son. God should strike me down for the things I said to you. I was shameful. Can you forgive me? I only made things worse. I'm sorry. We're sorry. But what, but what has changed? I sinned. We saw him too, Matthew. We heard his sermon. He's the teacher you're following. <laughs> yes, he called me and I... And you have already atoned. They were the most true words I have ever heard. 
Some of it's shocking. I know, I wrote it all down. You are a scribe. Yes, you will redeem our family's name. Matthew, he chose you. To this day, I don't know why. I do want to challenge you to do something because I tried and I couldn't find anything. Did you notice what Matthew did while he was hugging mom? What? Yeah, put the, the handkerchief down. It almost brings back the, the whole, remember the um, Charlie Brown and dropping the blanket? Right? I just wonder if that's the connection. And I've been Googling, trying to get an answer to it. But it, they made it a big thing because the camera is just focused in on that. There is something that happens when reconciliation takes place. Grief no longer gets in between people. But there is a joy that is, I mean, it's not like anything that the world can give. So I, I, I think that's the storyline. I think that's what's going on here. And what were those words that mom said? Next slide, please. He chose you. And, and here's why I'm going to press on this just for a second, and then I'm going to leave it. But can you imagine if we start looking at other people differently? Rather than looking at where people have, quote, hurt us, to realize that God also desires to choose them? That he wants every single person to have a relationship with God and have eternity to be part of their reality? Can you imagine, instead of us just looking at our pain, looking at where somebody's crossed us, instead of going there, start looking and saying, you know what? There is not a person that God does not want to be part of his family. And I'm going to tell you that when we, you and me, start looking at it like this, it will change our personal world, but I also believe it's going to start changing other people's world. Because there's all too many times Jim Thielen, in my own grief, my own hurt, my own pain, will sometimes think that, look at what this person did, rather than, Look at who God loves. Can you imagine? Maybe there is somebody in your life right now that after a long period of time, there's just been this pain and hurt and the wall has gotten so, so deep and so tall. There just seems to be no way out. Can you imagine if we start looking at it and saying, you know what? Yeah, God has chosen me. He has called me to be part of his family, but he wants every person to be part of his family. Every person. The most despicable person ever? Yes. That's the extent that God has for love. All right, so let's go to these uh, scriptures that I shared already with you. Um, and I shared with you 1 Peter 2, 9a. But there's a second part to this. Because I think it's a conditioned response. I think once we become, quote, we're chosen, and we're, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. I mean, I think Peter just nails it. But then it says, 
as a result. So when this is part of your reality, when we start living like this, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And I wrote down in my margin, I said, there's something about being called from sin. I think that's great, right? We're called from that. But we're also called for something. And if you're sitting here today, I want you to walk away absolutely confronted that God has called you from sin and he has called you for something. To show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So, as I mentioned before, we're going to take a look at the Matthew section where Jesus is now going to send them out two by two. And it sounds, it's, it sounds so um, physical. I think it's spiritual in what he's doing with them. So let's uh, put that scripture up there from Matthew chapter 10. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Don't take any money in your money belts, no gold, silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. So here's my thought. Just maybe think about it. If you're carrying baggage, emotional, spiritual, like unforgiveness, it will definitely affect you going out. Because you're going to be carrying all this kind of stuff. You know, one time, I, probably 20-some years ago, I gave a sermon, and I literally had, um, I think it was like 24 suitcases that was up on the, the stage. And I started picking them up one at a time. And I had all 20 in my hand. And I'm like, how... How can you do life when you're holding all this stuff? You can't. And so then in a very dramatic Jim Thielen fashion, I went like this. And they all spilled. And that's what happens when God chooses you. That's what happens when Jesus dies for you. And that's what happens when he rises again and gives you forgiveness and victory and life. And then when we're sent out, we're not carrying all this stuff with us. Rather, we have the gospel of Jesus. And then, this is verse 12. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. So in other words, don't bring anything in of your own. I like that. It's not about how smart you are or how much you go to church. I mean, I'll, just don't get me wrong. I think going to church is a good thing. You know, you should go often, frequent. You know, you should be a frequent flyer, right? Um, but it's not about that. 
It's about being reconciled this way because of Jesus so that you could go this way freely and powerfully. Because I'll tell you, what's more important? Being in heaven for eternity or holding on to a grudge. I'm going to tell you, sometimes I think holding on to a grudge. Silly, right? That's when I'm in my flesh. That's when, I, that's when sin is kind of doing its thing. But the truth is, eternity in heaven is so glorious and so wonderful. That's powerful. Now, last little scene I want you to see. Um, backdrop. They're now getting ready to go. And they're all going to meet by Matthew's old house, so to speak. He's going to let it be used for the ministry. You know, we don't hear this in the Bible at all, but it makes for a good story. But what they do is very stirring. So let's watch this. Come on. All of us. Matthew, I know you hate it, but you too. When I was with Eden, a song of David came to mind. The one when he fled from Absalom. I shared it with Eden as a reminder because she was fearful. I think we need it too. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O oh Lord, are shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I will not be afraid of the many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. But arise, O oh Lord, save me, O oh my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Psalm 3 is powerful. Um, but that image, if you just let that be in your head for a second, the disciples now all gathered in a circle with their arms around each other, finding support. I'm going to tell you that's the church. And I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't know how people do it. How do they go through life? How do they carry the burdens that they carry? How do they live with this unreconciliation and this unforgiveness? And how do they do all of this and not have the, this thing called the church? I don't get it. I'm going to tell you, I, I miss when I'm not here. And I'll just say, I'm just finding that the world we live in just keeps pulling at us, right? We have so many options these days. But there is nothing like the body of Christ when we get together. So, in like fashion of at least how the chosen did it, I'm a, I have Psalm 3 that's going to be up on the screen. I would like that to be our closing um, instead of a blessing. So if you would please stand. I pray that this is what we would know and believe and live by. So let's read this out together, out loud together. O oh Lord, I have so many enemies, so many are against me, 
So many are saying, God will never rescue him. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. In Jesus' name, amen. You come. 